Hey, before we get started with today's episode, I just want to quickly let you know that if you DM me the word audit on Instagram, that's at Ken Westgar, we'll do a quick 15-minute audit of your launch. And by the end of the audit, you'll know exactly where to put your focus in order to grow and scale your next launch. So like I said, DM me the word audit on Instagram, and I'll talk to you soon. This is the Omega Launcher Podcast, and on today's episode, I am speaking to Adrian from Fruitfully Alive. Um, she is the CEO and the creator of the Freedom Through Freelancing program. She's formerly the owner of Proofreading Transcripts, uh, which is an online court transcript proofreading business, uh, which she turned into a five-figure profit in the first three months. And uh, her mission is basically to transform the lives of 10,000 women by helping them work from home and becoming successful online freelancers with you know, more freedom and more flexibility. And Adrian has now gone through five launches. She's coming up on her sixth and she has learned a ton from those launches. Uh, she's been on both the highs and the lows, which we know uh, launching is an emotional roller coaster, but she shares everything that she learned from those launches, good and bad. And she's really fell in love with doing these launches. Uh, before she got into launches, she just did a few emails, some social media stuff, and that was kind of it. But now she's doing these big live challenge launches that she loves. She has thousands of people coming into the Facebook group, uh, being a part of the challenge. She's, you know, using Facebook ads to attract more people, all of that. And it's really been a success because she's now having a six-figure business. She's not reached six-figure launches yet, but that is pretty sure that it's coming really soon because she has really dialed this down and she's scaling it and she's growing it so take a minute to listen to Adrian share her story her experience and i'm pretty sure that you're going to find some value in this episode have you launched your online course with great success or maybe you launched totally tank and you just want to curl up and cry well it really doesn't matter Hi, my name is Ken Westgar, and I'll help online course creators and membership site owners creating the most fun and profitable launches without having to go it alone. In this podcast, we talk about all kinds of launches. You'll get tons of valuable insights and fun stories that highlights the dramatic ups, downs, failures, and success that comes from being in launch mode. This is the Oh My God, I'm Launching podcast. Welcome to the Oh My God, I'm Launching podcast. I'm your host, Ken Westgar, and today I am joined with Adrian. Um, and we'll be discussing a few launches that she's done because she has done at least five launches. She's coming up with her sixth. And obviously she has uh, quite a few, you know, personal experiences with this. And uh, we're happy to have you here, Adrian, to share your experience. Welcome. Thanks, Ken. I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to have you here. Uh, it's been a little while since I, has, since I had uh, not guest experts on the on the show, um, but it, I'm really excited to have somebody here to share their own experience with launching because I think, well, the purpose of this podcast is to talk about, you know, some of the first launches that we do and not just um, those six, seven figure launches, the big launches. And uh, I'm glad to have you here to kind of drop the level down on the five first launches that you've done. So I'm really excited about that. Yeah, well, I'm excited to talk about it. Uh, before we jump into that, though, I want you to just kind of briefly, you know, introduce yourself, you know, who you are, who you help and how you help them. Yeah, so I'm Adrian Ludeking, and I am the founder and owner of Fruitfully Alive. And it's a company that helps women become online freelancers so they can have more freedom and flexibility. So I help them build businesses like proofreading, writing, virtual assistance, bookkeeping, those kinds of businesses. Awesome. All right. So let's dive into this launching thing. Um, 
we kind of talked a little bit before we got on this uh, interview um, that you, before you actually did a launch, you kind of just sent out a few emails, did some social media stuff. And that, that was kind of it. It was not a proper launch that you did. Right. Yeah. I always kind of thought, well, if I just send out a few emails, maybe for five days, that constitutes a launch. And I didn't even really do social media and I kind of still don't, but, um, I did, you know, a bunch of emails or maybe I thought I could invite people onto a webinar and I could sell on the webinar and then just do some follow-ups. So it was always this kind of like small scale thing that I thought could be a launch and it would never have the results that I wanted. And I would get really discouraged. Mm-hmm. Well, I would still call it a launch, even though it's maybe not, you know, the whole bells and whistles of it, but you still, you know, you promoted something, you're doing something specifically for a offer that you have and you're sending out emails, you're doing social media. So still counts as a launch, I would say, but it's really small, kept simple and those can work too, but you felt like you had to do a little bit more to kind of call it a launch for yourself, right? Yeah, I I think that um, one of the common misconceptions is that, you know, one thing will work for everyone. And the way that I've seen it is, is you have to find the thing that works for your audience. So I found Mm. that my audience needs a lot of nurturing. They need a lot of FaceTime with me, a lot of interaction with me in order to trust that I will be able to help them build a business. Whereas, you know, someone who is starting a, a nutrition business or something or a keto business or something like that, people don't need as much nurturing. Nurturing. They just really want the information. So it, it, it just, it's a different kind of sales um, process, I think. And one of the ways to really hack into what's going to be most effective is to really understand your audience and what they're going to need in order to feel comfortable um, making the investment. Mm, I love that you actually pointed that out because that's a really important thing to know about launches that, you know, it's not about trying to do, you know, what or copy what somebody else is doing because that might not work for you or or your audience, as you just said. And I think that was a really important thing that you kind of pointed out there. So how did you come, how did you find out that that was something that you needed to change? I think it was because I, I'm very much an implement. I call myself an implementation queen because I, (laughs) I'll, I'll invest in like a coach or an expert and I will do exactly what they tell me to do. And, you know, I do that trusting that I'm going to see results and I would do that and I would see other people's businesses have results, but then mine wouldn't. Mm -hmm. So I started to just wonder, you know, what makes something work for one business and not the other when they're both implemented properly and it's really just the customer. It's the audience. They they require different things. And sometimes, you know, there are some audiences that like you can't use very masculine um, types of emails and words, but but they need a more feminine energy. So it, it really just depends. And um, so I think getting to know your audience really well was something that was very, very important. And then once I kind of really gave that the time, I was able to construct a launch event that was going to be irresistible and completely valuable for those who, who uh, signed up for it. Mm-hmm. And did you consider that, you know, once you chose to do the type of launch that you did, uh, that was something that you would feel comfortable with as well, or the things that you tried in the past, was that something that felt uncomfortable 
I don't know if you understood what I meant by that. Yeah, part. that's a good question. Um, I think because I love most aspects of business, I was enthusiastic about trying trying all of the different things. Mm-hmm. But yes, it was important for me when I crafted this event because it was going to be so in depth. It wasn't going to be just a few emails or a webinar. It was going to be you know you know two week three week long event that mm-hmm. it was something that I wasn't going to feel like wow I really hate doing this. Um, <laughs> so it was yeah I did craft it around. Um, just, just in a way where I was, where I felt like I was, um, thriving as well. Cause it, especially because everybody knows launching can be so draining. Mm-hmm. So it, it has to be set up in such a way where it's going to lift you up and not drag you down too much. Yeah, exactly. Uh, another great point that you had there is that, you know, like I said, it is draining and you, like you said, you don't want to be pushing yourself to doing something that feels very uncomfortable. I mean, we still should, you know, push our boundaries and step out of the comfort zone, obviously. But if there's something that is so out of the comfort zone that it's totally screwing up your energy, uh, that's going to screw up your launch as well. Um, yeah. And definitely. you clearly found that that was the thing for you as well. Mm-hmm. So what type of launch did you decide to finally do? So I switched over and I started a five day challenge and I say five days. So you think it's five days, but really it's like a whole <laughs> week of warm up before that with mm-hmm. bonus content. And then we move into the five day challenge and then we have like recap day and mm-hmm. then we have open cart for a week. So the entire event runs for like three weeks. Yeah. But that sounds about right. You know, you have like the pre launch that happens like before the launch actually happens and you have the challenge week and then you, but you had an extra with, you know, kind of a recap thing as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And how has that served you with doing the large channels, both for you and your audience? I mean, the launches, when I, when I finally understood how my, how to launch in a way that was effective for my business and good for my customers, for my students, I went from a tiny business to a six figure business in like a year and a half. Um, and, and launches were largely responsible for that. And it, it just became this, this event that my business is known for. And Mm -hmm. I still get emails from people who have taken the five day challenge years before, and they are emailing and saying, I just wanted to say that the content that I, that I received in the challenge is still to date, you know, the most helpful thing I've ever, I've ever gotten online. And so I, I still have emails like that and, I, and they just, they fill me up because it, it really makes it all worth it. Cause it's a free event, you know, and I do mm-hmm. it once or twice a year. Um, but it's, and it's something that just, it, it takes so much to run an event like that for thousands of people. But mm-hmm. when you get feedback like that, it just really makes it all worth it. So in terms of impact, it has an enormous impact. But in terms of just, you know, financial gain for my company, it's been it's been absolutely the game changer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you've been doing the live channels every single launch that you've done since then. Yeah, it's always live. It's it's never pre-recorded. Mm-hmm. Love that. Um, have you I mean, from now you've done five launches, obviously something has changed during those launches. You probably have made a few tweaks, improved on stuff. Um what are pro- what are some of the most or what's the biggest change that you made from like the first launch to the last launch that you did? I would say one of the biggest changes would be um, not doing ads myself, but handing it over to an ads agency just mm-hmm. because then during warm up week, 
because warm-up week, it serves as your lead generation time before the launch begins. So, you know, now that I'm able to hand that off, I can focus on warm-up week on welcoming all the new challengers and getting them excited for challenge week and, you know, doing the bonus content and really connecting with them as much as possible, asking them questions, having conversations. Whereas before I was very like, you know, I, I'm running the ads, I'm tweaking them, I'm optimizing, I'm changing the ad spend. And that became like my dominant preoccupation. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I felt like challenge week would begin and I wouldn't even know who was in the, who was in the group and what they were about, you know? So um, definitely delegating has been a game changer for me as well as bringing on team members, an assistant, a launch assistant who's dedicated to helping me launch and, um, you know, a community manager, those kinds of, of addition of additions to my team have also been just absolutely key. A tech person, (laughs) the tech nightmares that happen in a launch are horrible. So having somebody where I can be like something broke, fix it. (laughs) I don't have to do it. That has been amazing as well. Yeah, I can imagine people listening, just going through a launch. And like you said, you know, every time you do a launch, you're bound to have some technical issues one way or another. Always happens. It's the worst. But uh, yeah, well, you know, gladly for you, you actually have somebody who help you with that. So, but at what stage did you decide to start hiring people and outsource a lot of the stuff that you do in your launch? It was in launch three. I did the first two launches on my own, completely Mm. on my own. And it was okay because they were small. You know, I brought in maybe 350 people. And I I know it's not actually a lot. It may sound like a lot, but it's not. And and you can totally handle that number on your own. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I think the next time it was like 700 and I could handle that on my own as well. But when I knew that the third launch, I wanted over a thousand um, and better yet, you know, 2000, 2500, then I, then I, I decided I, I needed to bring in help to delegate because my, where I think you also have to know where your strengths are and my strengths are in communicating with my people and interacting with them. So if I can delegate all the things that are apart from that, like tech design ads, all of that, then I can focus on where I, on where I shine. So mm-hmm. um, once I knew that, you know, we were going to have 2,500 people and I want to be there for them, then making those, those uh, delegation decisions uh, became very, very simple. Mm-hmm. What, uh, how do you kind of show up in your launch? I mean, after all, now you kind of delegated everything out to other people. You're able to focus on your audience and then serving them. So how are you serving them? Yeah. So I, I tend to have a no question left unanswered policy during my launch. So if you have a question and you post it or you email it or whatever, you will have an answer and, and, uh, and I will be answering your question. So I really kind of give people the experience of what it's like to, for me to be their coach because I am their coach for those three weeks or, or two weeks really, because open cart, you're not really coaching anymore, mm-hmm. but, um, so, you know, with the bonus content, every, every single time I go live, it's value packed and people take pages of notes. So they have a lot of questions. So my team also helps me make sure I don't miss any because people will leave a comment on the video or they'll make a separate post or they'll DM it or private message it or email it. Um, <laughs> so it can be, it can be difficult to keep track of everybody. Uh, so I have a team helping me make sure that I am answering every question. And on top of that, I, I do also some manual outreach as well, which can be a bear. 
because uh, I will I'll tag all the hot leads of the launch, everyone who's consistently clicking on links and things like that. And then mm-hmm. I will individually hand email every single one of those people during a launch in the middle of the launch, in the middle of the challenge, asking them how they are, if they're struggling or if they have any questions. Um, so I think the last time I may have hand emailed about a thousand people. Oh, so wow. yeah, it, it took hours, but it's, it's worth it because then they re-engage and they're, they have a conversation with you and they're more likely to convert. So my conversion rates for my launches are very high. Yeah. I mean, just from hearing that you have this challenge where you're thousands of people and then you also write out a thousand emails. I mean, this consumes a lot of time for you, obviously. Yeah. Yes. But, I mean, the business is my full-time business. So when, especially when I launch, it's completely full-time. Yeah. So what are your ideas of, you know, once you kind of, well, it gets more people, you know, you can only scale as much as you can handle. Um, so what are your plans for like the next level? Yeah. So, um, I mean, last year we made six figures from launches and I was, I was happy with that. But, you know, when you think of like, you know, I want to have an even bigger launch. The question becomes, well, how many students can you handle? Mm-hmm. And um, so I've had to restructure my programs a little bit because they're, they're popular, but because as a coach, I'm very hands-on. I know my students' businesses almost as well as they do. You know, I'm very much in their business. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't take on hundreds and hundreds of students. So when I know that I have to, I have to craft a launch that's going to convert to a certain amount that I can handle. So I I can't let everybody in. And a lot of times I'll tell people that they're not the right fit. So, um, but in terms of scaling the launches at this point, I've restructured my programs so that I can bring in a, a lot more people who don't necessarily want as much support. And then they can get in at a lower price point. And then those who do want a lot of support and they do want me holding their hand, go into a a dedicated, different private um, program. So I've done that in order to help more people because not everybody really needs hand holding. A lot of people just want the blueprint. They just want the steps and they'll take it on. They'll take it from there, you know? Mm -hmm. So I think it's important to, to hit those people as well. So now that I've restructured, I, I can now really build a launch that, that, that gets even bigger. I haven't had a six figure launch. I've had a six figure year because of launches, but um, I have not yet had a six figure launch because I wouldn't be able to handle that many students. But now that I've restructured, I have reached a point where that is a possibility for me. Um, so it's about, it's about scaling properly, which can be difficult. Cause I, I make a few um, launch mistakes consistently that I, I know they're mistakes and I keep making them. <laughs> Um, so like for, for example, I don't really list build in between launches, which is a huge no, no, Mm -hmm. because then you're relying mostly on, you know, cold traffic and Facebook ads to launch and that's no good. But I keep, I keep doing that. (laughs) So, (laughs) but um, obviously it's still working though. So that's why you're probably also doing it. It's, it still works, but it doesn't work as well as it could, you know, Mm -hmm. um, I, I could do better. So that's my goal is right after this launch, because I'm launching in about three weeks um, right after that launch closes, I'm going to start doing a funnel so that I can list build all throughout the year. Mm-hmm. Uh, cause that'll make for a much, for a much, uh, bigger launch with cheaper leads. So, yeah. 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 I mean, just having new people coming in as well, because, you know, if you don't build that list, you're going to exhaust that list at some point and the conversions will probably get poor in the sense that you're not 
actually adding in more people into this. Exactly. Um, yeah. And when it is a launch event, it's a free event. So you're mm-hmm. building your list with people who signed up for a free thing. And that may not necessarily convert as well as if you have a funnel and you're building a list of customers, you know? Absolutely. Uh, and considering you're only launching a couple of times a year, it's, you have a lot of time to actually nurture them and build them into a warm audience throughout the year as well. Right. Yeah. Um, are there any other mistakes that you make? Because you said you're making a few mistakes. So, Yeah. Um, yes. One of the mis- definite mistakes that I made is um, doing all of my workshops at the wrong time when my audience is not really... Um, like for example, most of the, of the women that I work with are women in their thirties with small children. Mm-hmm. And I used to run all of my live workshops at 8 30 PM Eastern. And that's like right around bedtime. So they are putting their <laughs> yeah. kids to sleep. They're giving their kids baths. They are, they cannot be plugged in listening to anything. And it's, it's kind of silly because I knew this because with my students, I coach them at 2 30 PM Eastern. Cause that's the best time for them. Mm-hmm. But all this time I, when I launch, I, I'm doing my workshops so late at night and it just finally hit me. I'm like, why on earth am I not running my workshops at 2.30 p.m. Eastern when most of them will be able to plug in? So that's definitely a change that that I know is something that I have to do. Um, and Okay, so you haven't made that change yet. I did. I did for the last one and it, and it okay. did make a really big difference with, right. with show up rates, you know, um, which is which is big for me because usually when they show up to the first one, they're hooked after mm-hmm. that and they want to keep coming back. But if I miss them and they, they can't come because of the time, then it's problematic. So, and then it's like a wasted lead and you, and you, you spent money on the lead for nothing. Mm-hmm. So that's, that was a, a miss also a mistake that I made. Um, and, and yeah, just some technical hiccups as well. Just doing dumb tech things that, that, uh, <laughs> you know, I should double check beforehand, et cetera. Yeah, well, we all do those. Uh, I mean, I've even done that with a podcast episode where I actually forgot to hit record, um, so oh. that interview <laughs> was uh, it was gone, unfortunately. Oh, no. But uh, you know, you live and you learn, and that's the best thing, though. Every time you do a mistake, you do actually learn something. And I think you also proven that you learn a lot from your launches, uh, even though you do mistakes and you feel maybe it, it didn't perform as well as you wanted to. Uh, mm-hmm. What are some of the biggest things that you've learned from your launches? I think um, watch the ad spend because it can it can get out of control if you're not really on top of it. And I, I also think uh, I, one of the biggest things that I've learned is you need to have some way of checking that the leads that are coming in are the correct leads. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, um, for instance, I brought in my last launch, in my last challenge, I brought in 4,000 people. And I, and it was a, an ads agency that I was working with and there was no, um, we didn't have a real indicator to tell us if these are the right, we were doing lookalikes. So we would hope mm. that, you know, lookalikes are, are going to do well. And the cost per lead was good. And so you think that with cost per lead being good and it being lookalikes that you're getting the right people, but honestly, you know, I help a very specific kind of person who wants to build a freelance business. For example, I don't help people who want to become an employee for a company remotely. I'm not, I'm not looking to help people become employees, but to have clients and be Mm -hmm. their own boss. Or for example, if someone wants to start a blog, 
That's not freelancing. That's not a service-based business. So it, there's, there's nuances there that would disqualify them from being a good, a good, um, potential student. Mm. So having some kind of like, for instance, in the Facebook group, when you can have membership questions, having a question, something like, what kind of business are you looking to start? Then I can be constantly sort of checking who's coming in. And then I can, I can give that feedback to my ads agency throughout. Mm-hmm. Throughout the entire lead generation process, 10 days of lead generally, where I'm telling them, okay, we're bringing in the right people or nope, I'm seeing a lot of people that are MLM and we have to change targeting. So I think having, if you're at scale, if you're building a launch that's going to bring in thousands of people, you absolutely need to have something in place that's going to prove instantly that you're bringing in the right kind of people because cost per lead and just the fact that they're signing up for cheap doesn't really mean anything. Yeah, it might be actually a better idea to have pay or paying more per lease because that's going to be more qualified. Right, exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Um, what is it that you love about launching? Because obviously this is something that you felt like it, it kind of clicked with you and you actually love this doing this now. So what is it that you love about launching? I think just the fact that when when somebody wants to start a freelance business, I mean, it's how I started my career. And I fell so in love with the freedom and the flexibility that you're able to create, you know, being your own boss, making your own hours, that I built my whole business around it. So now, you know, carving out this three week period of time where I let in everybody who wants to come in, thousands of people for free, and I don't charge a thing. And I spend two weeks dishing everything because I give, I give it all away. I tell them so, so much. Um, and I know that that, that for some people can be a fault point, a mistake. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do have some people that say, thanks, I don't need your course. Like I can take it from here, you know, and that happens, but most, you know, most of them do sign up, but, um, I feel so good just sharing everything and, and having people who are saying nobody has given me this kind of clarity in all the months or years that I've been searching or, you know, cause so many of them just get stuck on step one, which mm-hmm. is which field of work am I going to be a proofreader or a writer or a bookkeeper or something else? They get stuck there for years sometimes because they can't decide. And so that's, I give them my whole four step process for, for figuring it out and for choosing a good niche. And then we move on. So I, it's so fulfilling for me to know that I'm giving away the tools that people are so desperate for. And especially last year with, with pandemic and with everybody at home and uncertain about, am I still going to have a job? A lot of people were very interested in freelancing and I felt almost a kind of moral responsibility to give it away for free because Mm -hmm. it was, it was such difficult times. And so it's just a very fulfilling thing for me to do. And it's also just a lot of fun because everybody is so nice. I hear horror stories of like really Mm -hmm. nasty people who show up in your launch and try to like, you know, give bad energy and all that. I have never had that in my, in, in the five times that I've launched and the thousands of people that have come in, they're all just so wonderful. Um, and I meet hundreds and thousands of them and, and it there, it's just such a blessing really. And it, it, it just makes me feel so fortunate to be able to do something like this. Mm-hmm. And from my point of view, it seems like, you know, you are really just showing up from your heart and giving it all. And that is the reason why you are so successful as you are. Um, but I would love to hear what your thought is on that. Why do you feel, why do you think it's been such a huge success? I think because um, with my audience in particular, 
They have a lot, they deal with a lot of fear and doubts and insecurities about building a freelance business. It's not like, you know, the other example I gave where I want to, I want to get on keto, you know, the, the fears and the doubts and the insecurity. It's not, it's not that much, you know, it's just, I want to try it out. Give me the information. I'm going to do it. Maybe I'll fail. Maybe I'll succeed. But with building a freelance business, there's just a world of, I, I hope I don't fail. I don't want to fall into a scam. What if this niche is saturated? What if I'm not good enough? There's so much of that. And what that, what that does is it paralyzes you and then you can't, you, you don't do anything. Mm. So to have, so instead of me sending out a few emails as a launch or me doing one webinar as a launch for me to get in there for three weeks, hold people's hands tackle their insecurities, you know, do myth busting and tell them that marketing is actually a lot of fun and it's not scary and it's not sleazy. And so all their fears are, you know, that there's no foundation, that they are good enough, that that freelancing is about helping another person. When I can just get in there and I can tackle all of those things and I have the time to do that, it is the level of nurturing that they need to say, yes, this I can do this. This is right for me. And yes, she's the person to help me do it because I've spent two or three weeks now with her and I like her and she makes sense and I'm just going to, and, and she can be my coach. So it serves as this kind of dual thing where it makes sure that it, you know, that I get the rights to my refund rates are so low because the people who come in spend three weeks with me. And so they know two things, one, that my stuff was helpful and two, that I was okay to work with that, that they liked me. And if, mm. if they feel those two things, then they're a good fit for the program. So it, it that's why, you know, you have to like, think about all those things, like the audience, what do they need from you, especially what's going to really help them. And then, you know, what's, what way do they want it? So it was just this kind of um, really in-depth, uh, I guess, reflection on who they are and what they need. And that's why the event is so in-depth and it's so big because they need that. Mm -hmm. um, you mentioned that you you give away a lot of stuff when you're doing this uh, live mm -hmm. challenge. Um, obviously, you're not giving away everything, but how much is it that you kind of leave out to have people check out in the course versus... Yeah you know, doing it in a lot of challenge? Yeah, that's a good question. So I know that a lot of, um, you know, marketing experts out there, they say, give away the what, but sell the how. Mm -hmm. And so I do a lot of that. I give away the what in terms of, because it's impossible for me to tell you, like to show you exactly how to build out an entire business in just like a week and five days in the five day challenge. Um, but it would just be so overwhelming. People wouldn't, wouldn't take any action. But what I do is, as I'll tell them, there are six stages for building a freelance business. And we're going to go over all six so that you're aware of what they are and what steps you need to do them. in. because honestly, one of the biggest mistakes I see people make is they just do things in the wrong order. They're worried about marketing before they've even decided to, uh, before they even set their prices, you know, mm -hmm. and then when I tell them, well, what are your prices? I don't know what to charge, you know? So they're, they're trying to think about things and doing things in the wrong order. So just by telling them what the six stages are and the order that they need to, to, to tackle things will already create so much structure and will kill a lot of the overwhelm. But of course, I'm not going to tell them like, here's, um, you know, how to set up a website step-by-step -step, click here, click here. I mean, that's so technical. So I try to leave as much technical stuff out of it. Um, and it, because that, you know, you, you just need a tech tutorial for that. And I have that in my program. So I'm not going to, I'm not going to do a tech, you know, debrief on, on a challenge, but I will, um, I will give away uh, quite a bit, but not, not really because I do a lot of scripts 
in my program marketing scripts that they can just copy and paste. Mm. And I won't give that away because that's written, you know, that I'm, I'm not going to just read it out for them. Um, so scripts and things like that, I leave in the program as well as of course the coaching, the accountability, the, um, all of that stuff is in the program as well. They only have me for two weeks for free. And after that, if they still want my help, they have to pay. Mm. Um, but yes, in the challenge, I, I really don't do a lot of fluff. I don't have a lot of that. It's very actionable and, and people show me their notes and I almost get a little overwhelmed looking at how many notes that they took, but, um, it's a lot of what content and I try to minimize uh, so much of the how, cause that can be really technical and overwhelming. Mm, yeah. Sounds, uh, sounds like a good balance actually. It does. Um, yeah, I think you are like the perfect example of how, you know, launching is, is helping you kind of scale the business and growing it. And you already have a plan in place for, you know, how you can scale that even further. So um, I just want to say thank you for coming on here and sharing everything that you learned from these launches. Um, and I'm really looking forward to hearing what the sixth launch is going to look like as well. Well, thank you so much, Ken, for the invitation. I, I was uh, very happy to come on and to share my experience because, you know, launching is a lot of fun and there's a lot of different ways to do it and it can be this really fulfilling thing. So thanks for the opportunity. You're most welcome. Um, but before you go, you want to share how people can reach out to you or find you on the webs? Yeah, sure. So my website is called fruitfullyalive.com and you can always email me at adrian at fruitfullyalive.com and I will answer. Uh, it won't be my virtual assistant. It will be me who answers that that inbox. So you can always uh, hit me up there and I'm happy to talk to you. Lovely. I'm sure you're going to answer that because if you send out a thousand emails to hot leads, yeah. I'm sure you're going to answer that one email that comes in. Yes. <laughs> but thank you again for coming on the show and sharing your experience and um, we appreciate that. Absolutely. Thank you. And thank you for everybody who's listening and we'll catch up again next week. Thank you so much for listening to the Oh My God, I'm Launching podcast. Now, if you like this episode, I would really appreciate if you left a review over on iTunes. And secondly, head on over to Instagram and connect with me at Ken Westgar. That's K-E-N-W-E-S-T-G-A-A-R-D. And drop me a DM and tell me all about your launch. And I'll catch you in the next episode.